You're listening to oneofus.net, your place on the internet for pop culture, movie reviews, and general time wasters. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. So you uh, you work for NPR mm-hmm. as well, a for a Technically, no. I, when I do work for NPR, it's as a subcontractor. Okay. Um, because my paycheck comes through University of Texas, and oh, that and University of Texas Austin owns the license to the the FCC license to the frequencies KUT and KTX. Huh. Um, but that's the way the whole model works across the country. It's usually universities, but not always that okay. own the license, and then they sort of have this independent division. That's the station but so uh, we've got a nobody on the show is what i'm no, here and i no. thought we were gonna get you know <laughs> terry gross or something oh no but i i should say i my to toot my own horn that this the audience that i do newscast for now which is all of the texas public radio stations mm-hmm. is as big as it's as, it's bigger than la it's bigger than the biggest market oh wow so the only thing that's comparable to this size in the u.s is the national market for npr wow. so, so well gonna, so we're gonna ruin so this for you yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, thanks for doing the I'm show, and it's been a good ride, huh? torpedo this career. Yeah. Go out and style. I mean, we can talk about... Yeah, I mean, it's this show has ruined a lot of lives, and I'm glad to add one more notch to the belt. Oh, my God. So hello and welcome again to Trash in the Can, where we watch bad movies because we would do anything for love, including watching bad movies. Uh, I am uh, your host, Eric Samaniego, and with me as always is the uh, turnip teaser to my ham face, Mr. Wright Sulek. That was in the movie. That, that was, was the were insults lobbed back and forth, and it, it struck me. Turnip teaser, I, oh, is that, yeah. I don't know what that means. Anyway. I don't know. All right, we've got a first time guest. <laughs> It was an insult, yes. Yeah, an insult. I know it was bad. <laughs> journalist and maybe soon to be former journalist after this show, uh, Mr. Joseph Leahy. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor to be finally a part of this, We've talked this about legendary this. podcast. Oh, it's oh, so yeah. legendary. I mean, yeah, it, as far it as uh, infamous, I think well, the word. Podcasts that have started in this room, uh, this is the most famous, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Wright's Kitchen. Yeah, we uh, got just on the end of the whole podcast booms, which, I mean, that's always a good sign. We thought that the world needed two other fat white guys to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, we. we yeah, it's to time do that. that fat white guys had a voice in this country. Finally had a church. Finally had a phrase. And some spaghetti. Mm, spaghetti so, uh, gosh, we watched. It came out in 1980. Uh, it's called Roadie. Stars Meatloaf, maybe his only starring vehicle. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Yeah, he, I think um, he did some like early he was in a, some 2000s, other movies, but yeah. yeah, but like he was playing like in thriller sure. movies and shit. Uh, but it's a really crazy, much weirder than I thought it would be. 
rock music movie musical uh, pastiche on like music culture in that period mm-hmm. in Austin and L.A. and New York. So yeah, it's kind of like Kentucky Fried Blues Brothers. Yeah, which yeah, Joseph, yeah. Uh, we you have a connection to this movie, which is why we wound up doing it with you. I do because I went to school or I was in high school in L.A. and my high school English teacher, poetry teacher was one of the co-writers of this film named Michael Ventura. And uh, I only learned about this film when, you know, he didn't promote like, this is what made him famous. <laughs> right, like, right. He's a famous. You must player. all know me. I wrote Brody. <laughs> Brody. <laughs> yeah. no. no, he's got a, he's an eccentric writer from New York, grew up in Hell's Kitchen and crazy Sicilian roots, but made his way to Austin and then hooked up with people from the Austin Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Boy Medlin, I think, is his, was the co-writer who right, yeah. wrote the script. And eventually they took their show to their their kind of writing prowess to L.A. and started the L.A. Weekly. So he has kind of a lot of roots in the music world and mm-hmm. and L.A. publishing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and so this movies. is his almost famous. Right. And he he'll, <laughs> he's the first one to admit, like, this was a flop. This is a terrible movie. But Was this his first This is the first movie he'd written? First, yeah. They, and yeah, so he'd yeah. never even written a screenplay before. No, no. Both of them hadn't, and they just said, we can figure this out. If Look at these idiots who are doing it and making lots of money. Sure. Why don't we? We got a lot of musician friends, so we can get them on the... Well, it's incredible that it got made. Yeah. He'd never written a screenplay before, and the first thing he wrote got made. Yeah. And uh-huh. the thing that it, like he is like, oh, all these idiots are making this movie, like... I have to say, this is not a bad. It's a competently movie. made movie. It it's looks a, more like a movie than a lot of the things yeah. we do here. And uh, and just the, the pedigree behind it, like all the people that are in this movie, like how the who conned who to do this? This is crazy. Well, and so it looks like so he and his writing partner did a draft of it, and it looks like two other people did another uh, draft. The that, famous Zalman that, King. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say. So uh, I don't did since you didn't know about this movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Having experienced this person as a teacher, uh, and you've read some of his writing, I, I am sure. Oh, of course, yeah. What, uh, what is, uh, I don't know, what's your impression? Like, do you see any of that guy in this movie? The person that you knew? Mm, very superficially. I yeah. mean, all the glamour and the kind of, the, the sickening kind of rock world and yeah. all this sort of fake bravado and, and very, very like embracing of the Texas kind of we're a country and we don't care uh, is is a big part of it. But Michael's like writes about like labor issues and deep geopolitical things and you know right. he has So like, it'd be hard to project yeah, any of that a, into that. This doesn't really have a lot of elements of Michael Ventura that I know very well. Sure. At least as a kid uh, in high school. Well, speaking of kids. Oh, well we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if, you need to play Michael the... never. He, uh, I, no, no. I should say right off the bat that we, he was. We were very. He was a very good teacher, friend of mine, and many other students. Just as he says that, let's play the Law and Order <laughs> chum chum sound. Uh, anyway, so I guess uh, we'll we'll dive in. We'll dive in. So, uh, do you? Uh, who wants to kick us off? How does this movie start? What is the opening scene? Oh, it's at the Texas Chainsaw House. Uh, oh, that's right. So the famous house that's now a cafe yeah. and was the Whistle Stop Cafe for years has just been bought uh, in this last few months by oh. another family and has moved it back to its original location. Oh, wow. Oh, good for so The house them. still exists. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's been a, this little cafe. And if you go upstairs, they have pictures of the movie and such. But the owners of the restaurant did that because people kept coming and asking about it. They weren't really into the association. Okay. This is what we should do. 
we should go to visit that house sure. and only want to talk about Rhodey. <laughs> not Texas. Uh, we should like, also oh go. Oh my God, this is the room where Art Carney sat. <laughs> <laughs> we should go in not even knowing what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is. Texas Chainsaw <laughs> what now? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, was that great? Was it where's the room? Where's yeah, where the was place meatloaf? when re- Meatloaf uh, slowly came down from the ceiling on like a little hook? Yeah, uh, where, do you have the hammock where uh, that uh, guy was railing that other lady? <laughs> With the mouth, the big mouth, <laughs> the giant mouth. Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. That'd be a fun time. We should do that. Okay. I mean, just all us right. girls. <laughs> it's a trip. So anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh, we uh, open in in the house with uh, the patriarch of the family, Art Carney, played by comedy legend and Oscar winner Art Carney. Yes, Art Carney is in this goddamn movie, mm-hmm. and um, he's like. He is like relegated to this like mobile like chair, but he's also it's like Brazil uh, the movie with like tons of t- no it's like Twelve Monkeys never mind mm-hmm. uh, with like tons of TVs <laughs> a Terry Gilliam movie it's a Terry Gilliam movie yeah. kind of like just inside the house is like mixed between Terry Gilliam and Pee Wee because it's just like it's crazy well, I was waiting all- for like a Rube Goldberg machine right, or something yeah, a, lot There's a lot of gadgets yeah. totally. And uh, and I guess that kind of makes sense because of like how they build Meatloaf's character because he's like such a, a fixer of anything. Right, because they run like a, a junkyard basically. Yeah, and he and his best friend, who's played by uh, one of the stars of all Ernest movies. Yeah, the fat guy from all the Ernest movies. Yes, and oh. he played Oliver Hardy in a movie. I didn't recognize it from the Ernest goes to Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah. so like oh, yeah. he's mm-hmm. a Ernest scared stupid. It's always him and then the other quiet guy. Yeah, he's the one that talks. They're like a comment oh, basically. Yeah, because that's a connection. I think I don't know where the Ernest production was filmed, but it, it to me it seems it, it must be a southern production. Oh, definitely. Of the, yeah, the more yeah. southern audiences appeal. Oh yeah, because he was like a local celebrity doing commercials back in the day. This guy John Cherry created mm-hmm. the character and hired Jim Varney and uh, Michael Eisner was at a parade, I think in Tennessee, uh, because there was a Disney presence there. And uh, he saw that Mickey Mouse did not get as much applause as this weird guy in a baseball cap. The audience went insane, and then he got signed to a movie deal. So Mm -hmm. Disney produced those first few. Yeah. Okay. And Jim Varney, you know, was a Shakespearean actor and was sort of then relegated to playing bumpkins for the rest of his career. God, I love Which him. Which, he's, he's brilliant. He's those brilliant. movies are not good, but he is brilliant in I'm some sorry. of those movies. Let's watch Ernest Goes to Jail right now and argue with me that it's not a fucking masterpiece. Ernest Scared Stupid was my jam. As yeah, a Ernest Scared Stupid is great. Because it's almost too scary for a kid's movie. A little bit. Yeah. Troll. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is now the Ernest podcast. <laughs> uh, Have you guys covered any Ernest... We have well, those, are, those movies are too good. Um, oh. They're too good for us, I guess. <laughs> no, but there is some later stuff I saw once when I was staying at an Airbnb and uh, we were bored before with this event and flipping around and uh, saw Ernest goes to Africa. I saw Oof. that was starting, and you better believe it was only like 15 minutes in, and he was definitely uh, jolsoned up, if you know what I mean. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. You're a, you're a reporter, right? Yeah. You were. You were. I... Uh, I'm coming up with a second act. I got something else <laughs> I need to find. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, we were introduced to the family, and then yeah, Meatloaf uh, slowly comes is lowered down. from the ceiling, lowered like from the Satine ceiling. from uh, Moulin Rouge. Yes, uh, and basically, he and his buddy BB, the fat guy from Ernest, uh, bareback, yeah, bareback. Uh, they <laughs> uh, they ship Shiner, uh, and so they're like in their Shiner truck. They're like, gotta go to work, Daddy. And uh, Art Carney's like, why am I doing this? And they leave. Uh, but then they come across an RV. Uh, and immediately outside the RV, this beautiful, beautiful... Oh, they're broken down. They're broken down, yeah. 
Uh, and he seems like he's not going to stop until he sees this smile that can only be described as uh, Halloween uh, that makes him pull <laughs> over to the side. He sees a gal smiling and waving, and uh, boy, he's smitten immediately. Well, yeah, he, doesn't he say something like, uh, Oh, this is the first woman I've ever cared about in my entire life. Uh, cared about as a human being. Yeah. Okay. So this gives you an idea of who our hero is in this movie. <laughs> Joseph, what kind of movie, is, like, well, how would you describe <laughs> this kind of movie? Like, the, the tone of it? Uh, slapstick, a little bit. Not only slapstick, of no. course. Uh, it's kind of everything with the kitchen sink, it feels like. Like, the tone yeah. of the movie is all over the place. It's like rock musical. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I, we've been trying to kind of circle around what this actually yeah. were, Because it's sort of what it embodies i think came, was sort of fleshed out in a lot of films after it in, yeah in yeah. the 80s of the yeah we're here we have some kind of a wacky musical with people chasing people in cars and yeah having one-liners and you know yeah things like that and weird cameos too yeah well it's like uh, we were talking about so this came out the same year as blues brothers and does share some dna with the blues brothers in mm. its uh <coughs> kind of wacky tone and the way that the blues brothers becomes almost <coughs> magical in yeah. a way where their car does all kinds yeah, of crazy yeah. things and it's like almost supernatural but not really. And this doesn't go that far. Yeah. I feel like we're up to the line and I was expecting it to go there. And well, I guess it does at the end. Yeah, there is some magic realism that or yeah. maybe that's not even the right term because it gets into some you know yeah. extraterrestrial stuff that <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> sure. I mean well, well, yeah, no, we'll like the way it. Blues Brothers had sort of a divine connection was yes. God was right, a big part right. of it. This also had there's some elements of like telepathy and oh, yeah. intuition in ways that they were sensing things that were not about to happen. Yeah. So there right. is some kind of Yeah. It's not all reality. Yeah. Not know. yeah, not a hundred percent. But it's again, it's always on the line. It almost feels cartoonish and then uh, he's like, oh, were they actually talking about their feelings all of a sudden? Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they pull over, and uh, it's made abundantly clear immediately that uh, Meatloaf can fix anything. He climbs under the car, he asks for a nail file, and va 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 voom, who comes out but the gal that made him stop dead in his tracks? Played by Khaki Hunter? Khaki Hunter, which sounds made up. <laughs> And you might recognize her from uh, Porky's, if uh, any of you weirdos have seen Porky's, which, I, I mean, I've seen, but that was, again, like, late night scrolling and, like, she's, she's volume all, of, all the way down. She's on in all of them. She's in Porky's, Porky's 2, and Porky's Revenge. Oh, wow. So uh, her full filmography is uh, based around pork and meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she, has, she hasn't done much. It looks like she retired, and she's uh, now... Uh, uh, a she's a, a white water rafting instructor and has a, a construction company, it looks like. She oh. and her husband, yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, I guess she, you know, probably uh, beaver style uh, chews down the lumber that they use for their home. <laughs> and uh, the reason I say that is if uh, <laughs> folks out there Google her name, uh, she's, and I've got crooked teeth, uh, but she has a smile that um, could crack uh, a glass and could, it's a mirror. A mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could stop a clock. Yeah. Uh, I think she's cute. She's very cute. And I, I like now, the teeth now, in uh, the whole like combination of her kind of quirky. It's that way. It's like a puzzle. Movies in the 70s and the early 80s. You could be a sex symbol or considered uh, desirable if you looked a little weird. Yeah, even grotesque is yeah. was cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, oh my God, this is... Like, they look like actors that are in the theater now, used to be in movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, they even make, like, Meatloaf as, the, like, everyone wants to be his friend and or slightly fuck him. Uh, I thought, yeah, Debbie Harry, when she shows up later, was uh, putting out signals. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was the whole part of the plot was yeah? the jealousy between yeah uh, khaki khaki or Lola Lola Lola. Which uh, let's go ahead and establish this right oh, now. Okay. Uh, which no. I guess we don't discover this until a little later. A little later, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah Lola, um, presumably a reference to the uh, novel and uh, film Lolita. No, because it's revealed that she is sixteen years old. Yes, uh, and, uh, and that doesn't stop me, love. No. And it doesn't stop any of the uh, adult men around, I think. <laughs> um, and again, this is, uh, this is the 1970s, basically. So yeah, yeah. this being part of the plot and being openly discussed was not shocking at that time. Uh, and we do know some famous rock stars now. Uh, you can look it up yourselves, uh, Stephen Tyler, uh, that had uh, <laughs> intimate relationships with underage girls. Uh, so I guess this is... They Art decided, the like, course? this is like, well, this is what the culture is like, yeah. and we're writing about it. Art imitating life, really. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Art uh, Carney. Yeah. Uh, Car- <laughs> imitating life. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretending he's alive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, he's, Meatloaf is spent with her. So I don't remember what exactly, because she's with those other guys. She, her goal, her, like, life dream is to be a groupie. Right. Yes. And so that's what she's on her, in her, on her destiny to become, which yeah. is... He's like, I'm going to be the biggest, the best groupie in the world. And he's like, what? Like, what is that? Like, he, I guess he's so far removed from society that he has no idea really anything about like, you know, rock stars or. Well, he lives in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. He doesn't. (laughs) He's not, you know, caught up on pop culture. But, uh, no, it's so. uh... I know Leatherface. Uh... Well, I mean, that's his cousin. Already got a recycling. Oh I'm God. sure. <laughs> oh my uh, God! Well, wait. So uh, I don't remember uh, Joseph. Who is she with? Because they're they're transporting equipment. They're taking. They have um, Hank Williams Jr.'s yeah. band equipment, and that's they're right. trying to get to the show, but they've broken down, and that's where right. That's where Meatloaf comes in, and Travis <clears throat> to uh, to fix the you know save the day, get him down the road, and eventually that's what happens is he's gets them to like a roadhouse, I guess. And it's yeah. a pretty hopping roadhouse because it's not just Hank Williams Jr. who's headlining. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's like a whole just grab bag of famous people who you couldn't get. You know, there's Roy Orber- Orbison's there. Yeah, uh, he makes a little cameo and even sings. It's it's weird that the uh, kind of hodgepodge of people that they got because all right, Blues Brothers leans into all right. This is all R and B and soul. Mm-hmm. And this is like, all right, you've got a movie that has Roy Orbison and then later, spoiler, Alice Cooper. Like, yeah. And who's, you know, you talked about how your professor had, uh, you know, ties to the music industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, presumably this was uh, part of maybe landing some of these folks, I wonder. Oh, absolutely. I think that the Austin culture in the 70s, and if you were writers and kind of connected to that scene, which yeah. we've all, you know, it's, it's been... You know, enshrined in legend now about what the seventies, late seventies, in sure. Austin was like. Uh-huh. Then you could, you were palling around with people that you could convince probably to get on to do your Austin, you know, your your screenplay that you just wrote right. the first time. You know, and I yeah. guess maybe if you were cool enough, Alice Cooper and Roy Orbison would say, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. I mean, and the seventies Austin, because I when I first moved here, I worked at uh, the Threadgills that was on Riverside. Back in the day, which actually I know your girlfriend worked at the, yeah. uh, the North, the original. Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, so it was really drilled into my head because the guy who owned it used to own the Armadillo World Headquarters, which was massive music uh, venue. Eddie. Oh, yeah. oh, Eddie. Oh, I can't remember his name. I know he's out there somewhere. He always wore sunglasses inside. <laughs> and he was a guy. 
that seemed like he wanted to be this Jack Nicholson icon. He'd walk into a room and try to own it. And oh, uh, no. it always fell a little flaccid. But, <laughs> but Eddie Wilson. Eddie Wilson. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, so since I've been here, I've always had this in my head that like, okay, Austin is the place for music and to yeah. have been here in the 70s when you could openly, you know, just do all kinds of things. Date 16-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, what? Oh, is that what I'm talking about? All right, it's okay. Right. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> oh, shit. Chris Ants just walked into the kitchen. <laughs> um, I see you boys are already taking a seat. But yeah, but it's 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 uh, iconic. And so it's interesting to see little bits of it because uh, we've all lived here for a while. Yeah. But see little bits of Austin South Congress or uh, Congress Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, from this era. It's it's really cool like, cuz the the bar that they go to where uh, Hank William Jr is uh playing is uh, the Soap Creek uh, saloon. Uh, mm-hmm. which yeah, I wanted think, to look into that, and uh, I assume it, it was a real venue and it everything. It closed down about 5 years later in 1985, uh, but it was no, it was on North Lamar. And um Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah, I mean it and then I think um Shoal Creek basically became that. And oh, um and so you could kind of see the evolution. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think even the signage is is it's the very, same the yeah. the design. Yeah, yeah exactly. Colors. And uh so it, it I, I remember the, the opening of like Last of Us, like, hey, it's fucking Austin. And here, it's actually really cool to see. It's like, oh, my God, this is like old, old Austin. And right. they, they really shot there. And like, what is it? The What happens when they get there? Oh, so. So they're late. So the crowd is going crazy. They're oh, angry. Yeah. Don Cornelius, icon from, uh, what is it? Soul, uh, Train. Soul Train. Soul Train, yeah. Is, if you don't get this set up in five minutes, you're in a world of trouble. What does he actually say, though? He's going. Oh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Joseph is a first time uh, guest. Uh, Tell us in extreme detail what does he say to the band manager? I uh, remember he said, <laughs> "It's like, oh, you can give us like a uh, 50, 40, 40 minutes." And he's like, "You have ten minutes, unless, or I'm going to." He goes, <laughs> "Just because I'm here for you guys." <laughs> I know he said, "I'm going to rape." Yo, Korea. <laughs> right? Isolate that audio. <laughs> that's what he said. It was, no, that is it exactly was, what he said. It was, like that's a fire. not exactly what he said. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you, do you get that feeling when he said it like that? I remember like, it felt like the air went out of the room for a Man. second. We're like, oh, God, what kind of a movie is this going <laughs> to be? My asshole just perked, perked up when he said that. I was like, oh, oh, wait, what is happening? What What is this movie now? It perked up. It was ready. <laughs> No, I think you mean puckered. Puckered. Puckered? Tensed up. Maybe. Tensed, Tensed up. Yeah. Tense. Actually, Tensed. puckered is like it wants a kiss. <laughs> Those are just hemorrhoids, folks. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Um, but yeah, so uh, Meatloaf is convinced by this gal that he's taking a shine to, hey, uh, I have 12 different ways to say thank you or please. Or please, please. Please. Yes. And, uh, They're all so, the same. Yeah. And, yeah. She's, she doesn't have a lot of range. Um, I mean, she did she's, the Porky's movies. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, well, so, what can you expect out of a sixteen-year-old, really? Wait, what? I I mean, a lot of to some of, according to some of these folks. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so uh, he kicks into high gear and he gets everything set up immediately. And Don Cornelius is very impressed. He, big promoter. He's definitely a powerful man. Yes, and he's impressed. And because of that, that little wormy guy that uh, is working for him. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I, I taught him everything he knew, and uh, oh yeah, I'll get him uh, to L.A. for you, boys. I mean, that, he didn't talk like that. I don't know why he chose that. I it's, like that voice, though. Because I, I have good, range. Yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. Unlike you, Khaki. 
I'm sorry, Khaki. If you if you're listening to this, you're actually you're great and adorable, and I wish you still acted. Yeah, she's a treasure. Really, she really mm. was. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> I wear your pants all the time. Oh my god, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> dumb. Ew. Out of everything we said, I'm like, I want to cut that. Yeah. Right. I don't even wear khakis. I make my butt look big. <laughs> so. She uh she wants to uh, dance uh at the while Hank Williams Jr. is playing and um she goes to the bar where uh, Meatloaf is. His name is Travis Redfish, by the way, because Don Cornelius is, is constantly calling him Red Meat, uh Red Red Herring, Red Herring, Red Bone. Yeah. yeah, it's an ongoing joke. I kind of like it because uh, it just sure. doesn't stop. Uh, yeah. But she then spots Roy Orbison uh, like across the way and. Uh, He's like near death. It feels like because he is like he lived for uh, many more years after this. Though. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god! Remember the Black and White Knight that uh, concert film that was in the nineties? Holy shit! Really? Like eighty nine, ninety? Oh wow! I I don't know. He uh, looks like he's just like <laughs> like he well he looks why... as if it's like Elvis just died in nineteen. Well, it's about to die, I guess. And so he's... he died in seventy seven. Okay, so Elvis did just die. Yeah, and he's That's... taking he's still owning the mantle of that era which was the right. jet black hair yes. he was wearing a jumpsuit kind of like i mean i'm not going to say that orbison took from elvis because that's not true right, right, right. they're of the similar kind of upper roots and yeah. whatnot so Cut he from was the same cloth he was still dressed like he was a 25 year old but yeah he was maybe pushing 60 he looked good i thought he, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think it looks His good i don't know what fine. you're talking about yeah smooth soft skin mm-hmm. also i, I want to air a grievance about elvis oh elvis oh, oh hot take he died three days after Groucho Marx died in 1977, uh-huh. and uh, completely overshadowed Groucho. Yeah. And wow. so, since I was a little kid, I've always had a little grudge against Elvis for fucking really? up. Really? Yeah. Groucho's uh, Groucho didn't get his due. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Because so. anytime we talk about Elvis, you're like, "Fuck him." Yeah. And then I bring out a cigar, <laughs> <laughs> say some puns, and. Get that's all just, horny and weird and wiggle my eyebrows. I mean, I guess that's me. That's just yeah. you normally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. watching Groucho mm-hmm. as a five-year-old really did affect mm-hmm. the person I became dramatically. That's all makes so much more get, sense now. Get whiskey weird in that way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting whiskey weird uh, <laughs> later tonight. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Uh, so, uh, then, um, what? Uh, what's her face? Lola is like, oh, come on, I, I need to bring him some beer. And uh, Meatloaf's like, that's my beer. But then they drop it or they spill it on some lady uh, at the bar. Because this is important because this also introduces us to what also happens to Meatloaf from time to time. Where yeah, Joseph, what happens to Meatloaf? <laughs> In general? Or you mean... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to tell me he died of COVID. No. <laughs> I've been... I was hoping we'd get to that. Oh, we will. He, he did pass away recently. And I... I Sorry to say, it may not have been necessary for his... Oh, it was a stupid way. He died yeah, in a really stupid, stupid way. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, should have been vaccinated because uh, he could have gotten it at the time. And when he announced his diagnosis, he blew it off yeah. and uh, then dropped yeah. dead. Oopsie-daisy. So, yeah, yeah well, if there's anyone listening out there that still isn't vaccinated because you're on the fence, what's wrong with you? Also, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> They've been a fan this entire time. And, and they're didn't like, realize our Aww. politics. <laughs> After that whole stint You've during the pandemic. You've lost the anti-vaxxers for this, Shit. this audience. Oh, man. I mean, now we're just stuck with uh, what, the uh, incels and the <laughs> basement-dwelling virgins. And, and that one one Chinese guy. I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Well, Meatloaf, what happened to him in the movie, at least, yes. is he got in a fight with some guy in a powder blue tuxedo mm-hmm. who is angry because his wife 
her girlfriend got the beer all got over. the beer knocked on him uh, dumped on him and then there was well no, there's a cat fight that happened first which was pretty cool because yeah. all the men were hooting and hollering as these women were fighting and Roy Orbison goes up on stage and I think this is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie was uh, the guy oh what is it Ray Ray from um, Asleep at the Wheel he they were oh right Ray L Ray I'm going to come back to it. But anyway. Wait, is he the one whose house you've been in? Yes. Okay. Yeah, with the Grammys. Oh, yeah. wow. He lives in Cherrywood. That's so cool. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Don't tell him I was in there, but. Because <laughs> apparently he <laughs> was not present. <laughs> he was on vacation. and He's listening to this my, show. My friends like, were what the fuck? <laughs> house sitting. But anyway, Ray Allen. Ray Allen? Fuck. Anyway, his, um, he pulls up Roy Orbison on stage and they go, what should we do? They're all fighting. And naturally, the first thing Roy Orbison starts singing is the eyes of texas are upon you yep. and it just starts to pick up in volume and the band kicks in and everybody starts paying attention and turning their heads up stop fighting and they take their hats off and they all start you know it's like it's the national anthem or something yeah and i think that was just like culturally a, a wonderful like expression of of what texas is maybe oh. even back then oh, right yeah. now yeah but yeah and it's so specific that it's definitely someone had to have been here Mm-hmm. To like decide that we should put this in the movie. It, it, not only that is, it, I I do feel that where it's like when that song does does play, it feels like you do have to shut the fuck up. And you're like, oh oh yeah yeah, and like and sort of even though I don't know the song very well, uh, I didn't. Go it's to super easy. It's I've been working on the railroad basically. Yeah, yeah, but with different lyrics. I don't know the lyrics. I know the the, the guys of Texas are, are upon you all the, all live, the, the live long day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Danny, want you blow your horn? <laughs> Dino, want you blow? Dino, want you blow? Dino, want you blow your horn? Your horn? Well, then uh, great song. <laughs> then uh, uh, kind of racist. Also, they've had oh, some yeah. debate about the the minstrel um, sure. origins, the minstrel shows from which this show, this song, came about. Yes, which I remember that uh, suddenly being something that was part of the conversation. I, I didn't really know the origin, but I'm not at all surprised that it's racist. <laughs> yeah, I think because it's there's a Confederate leader who said the eyes of the Confederacy are on you or something. Um, and oh. the, the first president of the University of Texas, who one way or another was connected to the Confederacy, sure. adopted that saying and, and instead of the Confederacy, it was the eyes of Texas. Mm. We have higher standards, maybe, than the Confederacy for what we're willing to put up with. Right, right. Just, just not women's rights. Yeah. No. <laughs> Boy, yeah. You know, it's one of those things like, man, the Confederacy, I have never seen a group of losers more desperate to constantly claim, hey, we're part of, it's part of our heritage. Yeah. Who cares? I, tear I, all the statues down. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Put up a statue of Meatloaf and then tear it down because he's an anti-vaxxer piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so a uh, fight breaks out <coughs> after the eyes of Texas. And, uh, oh, well, no. Because isn't that where we have the... Duel. It begins a showdown. That's basically. right. That's yeah, right. yeah. Or but like they're a... charging like bulls at each other. Right, yeah. Yeah, the two fat guys in the whole place have to butt heads. Mm-hmm. And Meatloaf wins, but then this is the... That's car- you and I if there's one yeah, slice they, of they pizza. They run at each other and they bend... They're run, running at each other with bent forward, so they their heads... Crack. Crash. And then I guess Meatloaf won the... The head the bashing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the guy collapses. Yeah. 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 And then, but wait, what happens to Meatloaf? Yeah. He's, like, stunned. I think he, he's ha- he basically has a con- concussion. Yeah. And, um, but they play... That, that becomes a whole scene where his sort of delirium 
right um, and, and a lot of reverb and people's voices kind of echoing and he starts saying bizarre things like the the, fri- the bowling balls in the fridge in Chicago or all kinds of strange. <laughs> One was uh, who would w- win in a fight between Mamie Eisenhower and a donkey or something like that. It's like, what's the difference between uh, Jupiter and styrofoam? And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, and this goes on for a while. I was surprised by how long this went on. Yeah. And it, we do that... Uh, like, uh, it looks like when uh, you mount a steady cam to someone facing them. Yeah. 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 I, and I forgot what there's a name for that. I, but, yeah, uh, I forget what it is. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, he gets uh, taken to a table and he's chugging beer. And this goes on for, I feel like, I don't know, three or four minutes. It's at a least. little while. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is the point when like Don Cornelius is like, you got to get him to go to LA. We got to leave now. Yeah. We got to leave now. And, th- basically, and I guess this is how they figured out, okay, well, how do we get this guy that doesn't want to be part of this to go and right. do I'll go on this adventure because he's so he's so good at being a roadie, which yeah. is what he's never. This is the whole you know title of the show, but we're all learning with Meatloaf about what roadie be roadieism is. Right. I don't know if you call it that, but I, I think we should call him like that. Yeah, roadieism. <laughs> it makes it sound more important for sure. <laughs> it's an ism. I converted to ro- <laughs> roadieism. <laughs> Do you have to get circumcised? No, nah, no, nah. <laughs> not at all. Uh, more the better. It's better. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're safer that way, you know. Oh you're, yeah. You're, it's, <laughs> it's a built-in condom. Oh, and I say this as myself being an uncut gem. Okay. Just so you know. Uh-huh. I mean, our whole audience knows by now. <laughs> I've slept with some of them, so anyway. Okay. Um. So uh, they're trying to get him to go to L.A. And right. He's, he's he's basically has had a concussion, so they. Force, no, they force him to drive, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, well, Lolita there like, drags yeah. him into the car, yeah. and uh, he starts driving, but like a madman, and then we have a cop car chase. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's all fucking downtown Austin. Uh, they, they do the whole, you see like, the capital and it's, thing. Right. They're going down the streets. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming on 6th Street, uh, but, you like, the capital's right down the uh, the barrel of the, the, the shot. And um, it was that's like one of those parts right there. I was really smitten by the movie even more. It's like wow, just to see this like little time capsule of nineteen seventy nine eighties of Austin. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot darker and a lot quieter. It looked like, like yeah. was like, wow, this is a little tiny town in the wilderness. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> can you imagine them shutting down Congress to shoot a movie where they're doing a car chase? Like how much that would entail? I assume it was way less complicated when this was made. Yeah, I mean, they had to shut down Congress from from the Capitol to... Must what, have been, like, 4th like or 5th or fifth fifth Street. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to, I mean, maybe they didn't have to shoot... Maybe they did a lot of some It looked pirating, like it was, like, know? in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah. yeah. But and still, I mean, if you were to do that now in the middle of the night, even on a weeknight, that would be uh, complicated. Yeah. yeah. And, because uh, I've seen some movies shoot down there before when I was, like, just... It was in the middle of the day and you just see this, like, car barreling down and this giant crane of like a oh, camera yeah. like following them like well, i remember oh. yeah when they were shooting uh death proof i saw quentin tarantino's giant head from miles away oh yeah yeah it was like a, a bobblehead coming at me because he was like part of this on a trailer when they were filming the, like a car Wait, like agueros or near because I, I remember he they came sh- into Threadgills when i worked there oh really yeah shitty tipper just so you know tarantino hot take yeah hot take shitty tipper oh wow loves feet <laughs> That's what I know about him. He likes like bare feet. Oh, he loves feet. He's a feet guy for yeah. sure. He's a oh. foot fetish. Yeah, which is to me one of the sillier fetishes. But whatever floats your boat. 
There's something kind of refined about that in some way, you know, the, sure. the form and the, the shapeliness of the foot. Joseph, um, uh, do you have a <laughs> foot fetish? <laughs> I haven't thought about this, but I'm maybe I do. I, I haven't explored this, but no. now discovering this it, now on yeah, the show. Right. right, text Elisa and warn her. <laughs> Put some socks on quick. <laughs> Before daddy gets home, you know? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so car chase happens, and the car chase ends in a, an airplane hangar, and Meatloaf drives straight into a cargo plane mm-hmm. yeah. that is taking them straight to L.A., and he comes too. He passes out in the in the cargo plane. Yeah, he does pull, like, a Tom Cruise for a second, because he opens up, like, the hangar door, and he's like, and That's he, where the like, similarities end. <laughs> that's the, that's, uh, and he collapses, yeah, and they uh, end up in L.A., and... Then what are they doing? They're setting up a show or something. It's like a Whiskey Go Go, another iconic uh, music venue. Oh, it's uh, out in L.A. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, yeah, back yeah. in the day. Oh was, yeah, the Doors played there. Like everybody who was anybody mm-hmm. played there. And it, I don't know when it closed, but it looked like 1980. It was still like a, a viable. Yeah, absolutely. Venue. Yeah. yeah, this was in a, one of these legacy places oh, that yeah. I think is in keeping with the, the theme of this production, which was kind of the inside the, the musicians, musician. Yeah, kind of producer you know roadie all the people who are involved yeah yeah but i was it blondie who was playing that night or was it no it was i i want to say now because just some of the songs they were playing at the end of the movie was maybe it was cheap trick because that's i don't know they were wearing makeup i didn't know who they were but they're clearly a real oh band. yeah that maybe that was cheap trick because that was i don't know what cheap trick looks like i don't i don't know no, especially from the 80s yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> i but like the i mean i can guess what they look like now like dads <laughs> I saw Devo a few years ago, and oh, I was like, man. "Oh, this is just a bunch of old guys." In yeah. short, they were wearing short shorts, and oh. it looked like I could see those guys hanging out at a bar together, getting drunk. And they were short shorts, all gray hair, paunchy, and they were reaching into their shorts and uh, pulling on hot dogs and throwing them to the crowd. <laughs> oh God! The, well, what they they do though is uh, she, Lola is trying to like basically tell them like. Oh well, uh, we should do this and do that and help out the band. And he he's like, I don't want to do this. And then he like kind of yells at her, and she like starts to cry. And she, like, oh, she's fake crying. She's fake crying to get him to do what she wants. Yeah, yeah. she promised that he would do it already. So mm-hmm. right, that's why he's mad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what they're going to do though is going to do some laundry. Now this is like one little thing that I mean, granted, it does lead to why the show ends up going on, but. They go and do laundry, and for so, and now that makes sense with the old lady, is that they're doing laundry, and for some reason, uh, the band manager, I guess, had all this cocaine in the Tide box uh, right. while they're doing laundry. Right. And uh, and this old lady is like, oh, what kind of uh, detergent are you using? And it's like, oh, let me test it out. And she's like, and she Whoa. tastes it, <laughs> which, if it's detergent, and she, even if she is questioning if it's detergent or not, you would not do that. Yeah, but maybe it was common. Like, they kept saying "tide," you know, and I didn't know quite what they're referring to. But right. maybe there was a time in the late seventies and eighties when you kept your cocaine in the Tide box, and that old lady at the laundromat was like, "Oh, I, I can see what's right." What, she likes to, you know, and so she tasted and she insists on trading boxes of Tide with. And that's the thing I wasn't <laughs> sure. It's like, did she know it was cocaine, and that's why she took it? Well, no, she tasted it, and she definitely knew it was cocaine then. Okay. Yeah. But so she wanted to do cocaine. This old woman. Yeah, with, like, curled I, perm hair. I mean, like, she was, like, old classic lady, old lady looking And if person. you got, like, a whole box of co- a box of cocaine. Yeah, but you got to imagine, she's an old lady in 1980, so she was born, like, in, what, 1910? 
1900? <laughs> yeah. Like, back how when, many it was, those when it was legal back then. Well, that's know? true. She was drinking sodas with it. <laughs> <laughs> Taking heroin. We used to put you know, just to... fucking cocaine in your laundry all the time. I mean, that is, I mean, if I'm 80, because I've never done heroin, and that's far too scary, even when I was young and experimental. But once I'm 80, it's my time, and I'm going to be shooting up like mm. Alan Arkin in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, my God. Going to be a barbarian invasion and uh, that stuff. Yeah. Remember that movie? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's a movie about old people doing heroin. Oh. 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 I've I, never heard of this. That sounds that, interesting. It's supposed to be a really sweet movie. I would think it sounds sweet. I would be into that too, but I'd want an IV of just yeah, of, of I, electrolytes and hydration, like one with the heroin, or maybe put the heroin in the IV with yeah, the bath, yeah. yeah, with the hydration. I don't want to shoot up. My handshake now at 80, I can't <laughs> yeah. imagine. I'd just be, uh, yeah, just like uh, Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. But if you already have an IV, in, I'm sorry to go into this, but no, I'm thinking like, <laughs> if you're laying in your hospital bed or your home and you've already got the bag there yeah. and someone's like, I can put some, you know, just like a little bit of heroin in there. Sure. Like, yeah, let's see, what, let's see what it's like. Yeah, just I a mean, touch. Not a lot. I mean, that sounds perfect. <laughs> I love how like, subtle it's like, no, I could put some heroin in there. Just a, just a splash. Just a splash. Just a little squirt. Yeah, a little yeah. squirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just laid up. Full of heroin. Yeah, you're, you're already you're already hard tapped up for this. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what my uh, my hospice drug of choice is going to be. I don't want morphine. I want heroin. Put on that foot porn and uh, let me die. <laughs> as long as it's not fentanyl or anything, you know, no, bad I, like yeah, that. That's dangerous. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't want to kill this person that's no. dying. No. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what was happening? Oh, oh, oh. So, uh, so uh, these cops, these narcs, uh, come in and hold them up, but like they figure out that it's also it is just tied because well, because one of them does a line of it, and then he runs because obviously it would burn like hell, and he's rinsing his mouth out, I guess, and mm-hmm. he comes out and he's like spewing up soap, which gross. Yeah, which, he's like foaming. Yeah, yeah, foaming. Yeah, which uh, th- this is not going to mean anything to anybody, but one of the two guys, oh, he's go. in an episode of Golden Girls. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yep. He, answers, oh. he answers an ad that Dorothy put uh, for like a, a job, and she says, uh, anything, I'll do anything for $15, but Rose accidentally puts it in the personals column, and that guy shows up and wants uh, B. Arthur, whose character was Dorothy, to like beat him up, and he's Toto. Like, you're Dorothy, I'm Toto. What? Anyway, that was just... Uh, I've been thinking about that since I saw him in the movie. Moving on. Oh my God. Just had to share that. For all our GG fans out there. <laughs> Golden Girls, yeah, is packed with lots of things that when you, think, when you see now or you think about now is Tarantino plays Elvis, an Elvis That's impersonator. Right. Connection. Tarantino is in it. He doesn't have any Whoa. lines, but he plays an Elvis impersonator among a group of them singing while Sophia gets married and then the next episode ends up separating from the guy. But, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Classic. Um, so they come back, uh, and like, uh, Lola and thinks that like, Hey, I did everyone's laundry. The thing is though, but she's trying to out... break new ground Yeah, because as a, as a groupie, because we discovered there, oh, she tells Meatloaf right. that she's a virgin, which she's 16 and she's only around adult men. So thank God she's <laughs> a virgin. And he's relieved by that. Yes, so, yeah. he is. Uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of emphasis on her being a virgin and 16. Way, Although the movie doesn't too... emphasize as much that she's 16. Uh, I mean, we are, we, are, uh, we are emphasizing that because uh, it is a crime well, that, for any of these men. And then there are moments in the movie where it is very uncomfortable because with that knowledge that she is 16. And Meatloaf has eyes for her and he, kind of, he makes a pass at her uh, at some point. A little later on, yeah. But uh, So they, they get back in there and, of course, she gets like... 
uh, scolded because uh, they used all the cocaine, and that's the only reason why the band would even go on in the first place. Yeah, that's... And so uh, Meatloaf then scares the shit out of the band, saying, like, you gotta go fucking on! And they all run out there, and he's basically trying to make up for her because, like, uh, she got, you know, she was yelled at and so she just like runs away and then Milo's like no I'm gonna take care of her and like you know get the band up there so that happens and then I guess an earthquake happens that's what happened because they're like they're she's like at the top of a balcony uh and at the whiskey a go-go yeah whiskey a go-go and Meatloaf's just like don't leave Lola like you I, I got the band here they're playing and like they're going back and forth and she says she'll won't go or something like that I'm yeah yeah like, what the fuck but uh, earthquake happens. Everyone's fine. Yeah. But it, 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 you're definitely in L.A. I think that they're trying to underscore some like this is how crazy this town is. And yeah. Different than than Austin or Central Texas. And then, but we, she she has a premonition that it's about to happen. Oh, yeah. She mentioned something's happening, and you go what? And they're they're back and forth. And this is the first time that we see that she has some sort of extra sensory perception perhaps i think there perhaps. may have been a subtler well no it wasn't too subtle but to the, when they were driving remember she said they're listening to the radio oh that's and right. she's like jerry lee lewis and she was somehow sensing that another channel was playing jerry lee lewis which right. i think did there was there was an indication that she had some spiritual connection to jerry lee lewis who married his 15 year old cousin and they, yeah. they make the, you know so there is i think they're playing with that narrative too this sort of yeah. the, the, the southern underage exploitation of, of yeah. women and family members. I don't know. When well, she anyway. mentions, uh, I didn't even put that together. She oh my God. Repeats this a few times about like, uh, being connected to the universe yeah. when she's talking to meatloaf. And so there's something going on there. Um, but so earthquake happens and where do we land after that? Mm, this is, Oh, they're back at their motel. Right. up getting a drink. <laughs> getting some whiskey oh that's right they go back to their uh, motel this is where it gets uh, very uncomfortable he's watching uh wrestling on the tv she's in the kitchen making the biggest salad i've ever yeah. seen in my entire life uh, laugh laugh i don't want your laugh Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm slipping into the southern accent but isn't that a varsity blues yes uh, but the uh, giant salad, and I guess it's like if you were going to split a salad with meatloaf, you would make the biggest salad you've ever made in your life. Uh, and so he comes up behind her and is being playful. He like he pulls a pretend gun on her, and he uh, turn around, drop your pants, and uh, and she's like no, and we all breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> There was there was some real tension there. I felt that yeah. I mean, he was sort of making his move. Like, okay, I've Finally. come all the way to L.A. Mm-hmm. We all know I'm smitten with you. Let's let's try to you know make this happen. And she fended him off, I guess. Well, what's he do? He picks her up because he's like uh, they're watching wrestling. Yeah. And so he picks her up, throws her on the bed. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah and Joseph, not... I want you to talk about this okay. part. <laughs> I want any semblance of credibility you have to be eliminated right now. I think I got. I walked out of the room at this point, so I can't remember what. Oh yeah. How about, how about some whiskey to drink? He walked it out of this room to masturbate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he throws her on the bed, and then he is basically on top of her. 
Which, okay. First off, I was worried she would die. Right. I, I mm. was thinking about, like, more, like, physically. He's like, Jesus Christ. Like, he must be crushing her. And uh, and also, yeah. The, and he's the, got a, a, you know, a, a, sir, his, his meatloaf is fully uh, erect. Oh, yeah. His meatloaf. His meatloaf is stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, Christ. And she basically is, no, I, I'm saving myself for, for Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. All right. Uh, if you had to. Oh. Would you have sex with meatloaf or alice cooper alice cooper wait that's you you answered that too quick (laughs) wait why would you have sex Uh, with meatloaf the smell eric he's soft (laughs) wait wait guys he has a childish face i mean not like that's oh boy he has a (laughs) he has a youthful feminine uh, youthfulness yeah yeah he he has boobs boobs. well where am i going with this i don't know you guys, you guys are used to talking about these kinds of things, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So Alice who, who Cooper or Meatloaf for Alice Cooper? We talk about it every episode. Well, the, the hypotheticals. A hypotheticals. Uh, sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, are you okay there, right? <laughs> it's not a hard question. It's just Alice Cooper. Just choose Alice Cooper. He, Why would you? He's so. Yeah, gross though. I don't I'm, know. I'm not even saying that like either choice is a good choice. No, no I like, know they're not. I mean, that's why it's a you know bullet like, to your head kind of. Yeah, situation. it's like well, it's like a, either do you want to because also gun your head or neither a knife. of you, I assume, are attracted to men. No, you're right. Not really, well, I, I say assume. Like I know that. for a fact. <laughs> and I'm only part time. Maybe hold, hold on. Who who would you fuck between the two? Oof. Oh yeah. Oh, now it's a difficult you know yeah. question. I mean, they both have long, like luscious hair, yeah. which I feel like is a factor. I'm not going to sure, sure. Say and what I bet kind Meatloaf of factor. has a big old butt, and if he's yeah. turned around and I hear see his long hair and his big old butt, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm more of a twink guy when I am with a guy. So you're more into Alice Cooper now, but Alice Cooper looks like a substitute teacher I had yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, like the, the teacher that was mean. He's so gaunt and ghoulish, and uh, yeah, but you would also know that like meatloaf is like you know, he might get, give me COVID. He might give you COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both voted for George W. Bush. I know for a fact. So oh. yeah, Alice Cooper is also a Republican. It is crazy to me how many rock gods of the '70s mm-hmm. turned out to be just like regular conservative white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, so you didn't learn anything? You just had a good time, and then when it was done, you're like, well, never mind. Let's blow up those brown people. <laughs> That's I would I would say that most of their audience, though, too, now the ones that go to the show, sure, right? Yeah, see the geriatrics play are probably oh know, yeah, Trump bumper sticker, you know, twenty twenty four. Was it uh, a friend of ours went to uh, was it Roger Waters? And oh. Roger Waters at his show was very political at the beginning, you know, anti-Trump and so forth. And they were, uh, he and his mom went and there were people sitting around and like, oh, that's stupid. I can't believe he's doing that, bringing politics into his music. It's like, like do you know who this is? Well, it's like the people that like rage against the machine and are mad that they're not Trump supporters. Like, what machine did you think they were raging against? <laughs> the dishwasher? <laughs> anyway, that felt like a bit. That, like that I was setting myself good, up yeah. like for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really. Uh, I was like, you've been planning that for Teed a while. Um, <laughs> I've got to tee myself up. <laughs> You're no Johnny Carson. You're not leading me into bits. <laughs> um, Ed, uh, what's the... Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. There you go. Okay, anyway. so after the potential rape, 
we go into uh, statutory statutory um so then uh then they just kind of like all make up and they're going to go to the next venue oh that's when they go to the uh the, they're going to idaho and um and they're oh, out that's the where they were yeah, they're in Idaho. I, I think I went to the bathroom. No, I don't. I think they went to like Paloma or someplace. No, is... I think it's Idaho. Okay. Damn it! It is. <laughs> he pulled the Idaho. We do. You were there when he pulled the map down and threw right, the darts. Yeah. So the, back in the yeah, Texas they're not Chainsaw in Idaho. Massacre house. Oh wait, where does he throw it to? It hits basically the, the, po, po, Paloma. Paloma. Palermo. It's God. It's not Pasadena. <laughs> But it's somewhere in Southern California in the oh, desert. Right, because like Art because he's reading a, a postcard while they're eating a barbecue, so it's smothered in sauce and everything. I missed that Which part. is somewhat, I mean, the sauce thing, I think, may have been kind of a mistake with that. Back in the day, if they're like, we're slathered in sauce, and yet, from what I can tell, in Central Texas... Right, the, you don't need sauce don't, if the meat is... You don't eat, yeah, so barbecue with sauce. Out of all yeah. of that, that is the most un-Texas thing to like happen, and like, that's not accurate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And, what do they call it? Anathema? Yeah. No. Anachronism? No. Yeah. Uh, well, I know anathema, what you're saying. Yeah. I think you're it's right. It's one of those, like, this is incongruous with actually. Yeah, what, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an English degree from the University of Missouri. <laughs> well, yeah. Barely speak Missouri, English. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I speak English. <laughs> so. They go to, it's in, like an outside event. A thing is, yeah. like, they lose in the power. Desert. In the desert. Yeah, in the desert. In. So this is where I, I went away for like a second. And I was like, wait, what's happening? They lose. Go pee pee. Okay, go pee -pee. I remember. Yeah, they were setting up a big outdoor show in yeah. the desert, and Blondie was going to play. Yeah, and some but, other people. I, I thought because they had some uh, look like clergymen and a cop there that they had tried to shut it down and had done something to mm. the power. That was the impression. I oh, had. I think you're right. Yeah, it oh, was like we won't was? stand for this. Yes, this is against our values out mm -hmm. here in the good in Idaho. Wasn't Idaho? They was used. <laughs> Like, it wasn't fucking. It was, we saw the triangle. Yeah, the triangulation of this sh of this whole story is about Austin, Los Angeles, and New York. Why the fuck would they go to Idaho? How much do you want to bet? Famous music how much, capital. How much do you want to fucking bet they're in Idaho? I, I'll bet you any amount of money because even if you're right, which you're not, I'm not paying you. We Boise groupie, Boise, Idaho. No, that just uh, that's how uh -huh. they spell boys yeah, back uh -huh, then. Uh huh. Boise. They're in fucking Idaho. What are you looking at? This is this doesn't prove anything. This is the fucking that's the movie, Rody. Oh. That just means that that uh, person is from Boise, Idaho. Yeah, of course and they it, would list her like that. It was like, oh well, she's from oh. Boise and in uh, Paloma. I don't think I think the jury's out still. Yeah, this. honestly, I, I do. We can't have this re real time googling. Like I'm gonna be convinced. You <laughs> yeah, you could Google anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just a, a picture now, of a map of Boise. Now I'm just pissed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, wait, so they get out there and what happens? Uh, the power goes out and, of course, the roadie, the, the greatest roadie in the world has to fix it. And he comes up with some ingenious mechanical Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, and we finally time. get to see that part. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Which involves like a windmill and like a, a giant still and they were yeah. they were making steam to turn a turbine to make a bunch of manure and yeah the manure was yeah. gonna fire up i don't know they were gonna burn the manure mm -hmm. and that that amplifies the sound system and then they can go on and of course it's like the second you know uh roadie saved the day saved the show right and so he he's like ascending in his rock 
godness or his rock his status is, is ascending still oh yeah because like the local news is there and uh lola is telling them that he you know got this idea and yada yada, yada. oh yeah yeah and the, everyone was really impressed and then we had one of the i don't know i didn't like the cover but it was really fascinating because it was they played the whole song i was uh, surprised that we did the entire song in yeah. the movie i don't think they really did any other song that long, but maybe that was in, in what's her name? Debbie. Uh, Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry's contract was like, I'm going to do at least one full song for right. the show because um, she did a cover of Ring of Fire. Yeah. Which, which was underwhelming. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it was like this cross-cultural event yeah, too, yeah. which yeah. I think at the time may have been even more radical than even we saw because it, it did, it was like, wow, this is... Blondie playing country music. I think know? at that point it was less common for you to go see a band and they would do a completely different genre, like mm-hmm. cover a song from a different yeah. genre like that. So I, I can understand the novelty of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same. I, I didn't love their cover, but it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm listening to Blondie do a Johnny Cash cover. Where yeah. I feel like now that's pretty commonplace. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I went to, it was at a, they might be Giants a few years ago, and mm-hmm. they did a cover of uh, Chandelier by Sia. In the middle of them doing Constantinople. Really? And it worked beautifully, but it was like really out of place all of a sudden, like, oh shit, okay. Like, that's probably not something bands were doing in the late 70s and the 80s. No, and I, I don't know. I mean, Johnny Cash has been popular his whole career. Oh, right, right. It was. But I feel as if there was a time when he, he kind of ascended again in a new generation. Oh, yeah. When for I was sure. a kid. It was like really cool and hip to be in middle yeah, school, yeah. Or even after middle school, to go mm-hmm. to think, like, wow, I, I really like, I, don't, I usually don't like country music, but I like Johnny Cash. Right. And right. I think this was even before any of that. This was like, oh, yeah. This, this was maybe in one of his valleys. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's always those peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. especially those people that become iconic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Johnny Cash, and I know there was a period when he and like Merle Haggard and some of those guys in the 80s were touring. And there's an interviewer that asked them point blank. So are you all touring together because you can make more money as a group rather than solo at this point? Mm-hmm. Which is a really like rude point in question, but probably that was the case. That's very honest. What do they say? They're like, well, they sort of joke about it. And yeah. Merle Haggard says, if you ask another question like that, I'm going to bust your head. <laughs> well, that was good. Thank you. That's my Merle Haggard. I mean, he is in uh, the first Sesame Street movie, Follow okay. That Bird. Here so uh, that's how I know him. You know, he go. and uh, Carol Spinney. We're good friends. Just saying. All right, here we go. Um, Okay, so he fixes all the shit, and uh, they Blondie plays, and then Don Cornelius comes out and says, "We want to thank our thank our the hero of the day," and uh, then because he's Meatloaf is on like a a a, A platform platform like up above, yeah, and uh, he's like messing with his fucking hat or something, and he's gonna walk over, I guess, to the ladder, but he's looking at his hat because he's a dummy, yeah, Uh, and he falls through the stage, he falls off the platform through the stage Mm -hmm. because you know if you dropped a bowling ball and meatloaf at the same time on the side of the building, (laughs) you know would they land at the same time kind of thing? Well, it's fatty falls down kind of thing, Um, and then I don't think it's played like that. Well, he had a, he had like a proto Chris Farley, I think, kind of level of physical comedy that yeah. was they yeah. were working with there. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But and I think even Meatloaf played uh, Jack Black's dad in the Tenacious D movie. Yeah, I thought there was a strong connection to Jack Black in this too. Yeah, Meatloaf and Jack Black have Ooh. kind of. Okay, never mind. I have an idea for oh, later. What no. are we recycling? Go on. <laughs> so, um, of course, now we do the whole concuss thing again, and because you and know, is that just. 
why do we do it again, do you think? Because what happens immediately after that? When he has his concussion and well, he's rambling they, and, they're, and they're all like, oh, he's got his brain bleed again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the brain lock. Uh, the brain like, lock. Yeah, he's like, he's dying, by the way. <laughs> and He's going to have a nosebleed in a second, guys. <laughs> well, that's when the... Well, wait, what happened again? Well, he... Uh, Blondie uh, and the band, they Debbie, go, Harry, yeah. Debbie Harry and the band uh, take him to like a bingo. Oh, the hotel. Hall. The they hotel. take him back to the, yeah, hotel. the hotel. That's right. Because and there's a convention going on, right? Oh yes, yeah. The tire convention. Tire convention yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so they're sitting in the what the convention hall. Yeah, and, and at the same time, Lola is still back at the uh, the concert. Well, she's, she's all dressed up in like a cartoonish, silly way with like a flamboyant. Um, you know uh, what is it? Uh, boa. A boa, yeah, yeah, yeah. and sunglasses and stuff. And she's trying. She's knocking on all the doors of the bands because she wants to be a groupie. Of the, yeah, the the tour bands. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Which, like, you know, again, virgin. So she's missing the key point of being a groupie. Like yeah. that famous one that took all those casts of those guys' willies. Oh, the Banger Sisters. Well, no, that's a movie. <laughs> With the, the, the Banger Sisters. But yeah, there's a famous groupie. She's the most famous. She has a bunch of uh, cast that every of guy... Penises. That, yeah, of rock wow. star penises. She's got everybody. Jim Morrison and... Um, wow. uh, That's it. Like, Jimmy uh, Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> like erect Shaped penises, like are you saying? Uh, well, a flaccid penis. Flaccid. And that's the thing is like, I bet some that's of them not. got semi just because mm. they don't want to see me. You know, they don't want to be... Unimpressive if they're of you know, course, rock of gods. Course. I think the temperature of the the mortar or the plaster. Would well, that's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> Wait, well, I have okay. done oh a, a, a a mold, oh and uh, the having oh, to maintain an erection when you can't touch it is very difficult. Just so you. Know. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. Well, moving on. I know you need like a, a well, a, and a hey, feather and, um, or something. Someone can like a feather. I don't know. Or feet. Or feet. Well, you need feet. <laughs> somebody <laughs> around your nose, your yeah, yeah. ears, or your... Well, you need, you need somebody know. to, you know, play with. Fluff you in yeah, some way. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. But uh, <laughs> if you join our Patreon, uh, she and I broke up, so you can own this uh, if you want. You, uh, you have one? You have a cast? Yeah, I do, I do. So, uh, again, Patreon... It's if miniaturized. You, it's if, a... you, um, if you... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a widescreen yeah. baby. Do you, do you remember Micro Machines? It's like, yeah. it's like uh, it's well, not... if you set it on a track, it does spin. Oh <laughs> yeah. So again, join our Patreon for fifty dollars and uh, fifty you... bucks. I don't know. It's not me. Should I charge more? Yeah. Okay. Seventy-five dollars. There you go. There we go. Um, Sixty-nine dollars. Hey, you can... There you go. Yeah. Nice. Everybody, high five. <laughs> nice. Anyway, go on. Okay. So, uh, so Lola. Uh, then, oh, cause, so Debbie Harry is like, you know, getting hot. Not hot and heavy, but she's flirting heavily with uh, Meatloaf, which is gross. And uh, and Lola finally comes back in, and because uh, the Sleep of the Wheels playing there too. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lola comes in. She goes to one trailer though that was said Snow White, and she comes back with seven dwarves. Little people, yes. And I, is dwarves okay to say? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Dwarfism is a real okay thing. I just want to make sure. <laughs> like, like, uh, f- what was the other ism? Oh, d- uh, rhodeism. Rhodeism. Same rhodeism, thing. Rhodeism. Dwarfism. dwarfism. Oh my god. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, <laughs> and so moving on. <laughs> so Lola is kind of jealous. Of Debbie Harry, which, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah, Who wouldn't be? I mean, Debbie wouldn't. Harry is a gorgeous, amazing woman. Ro- Robo mm-hmm. babe. Yeah. And, uh, to this day. Yeah. It would be like having sex with a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> you know, it's just like an icon of American culture. And uh, so then 
uh, Meatloaf and Lola get in a fight. Uh-huh. And uh, then basically she's like, all I want to do is just rail uh, Alice Cooper. And uh, I forget what the conversation is. But anyway, like... The, the whole night gets another fight uh, where, like, Debbie Harry's, uh, you know, band is, like, fighting with the, the seven dwarves. And uh, that's who, who they are. <laughs> no, I know, I know. And uh, and, uh, and then they find themselves in New York. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, Meatloaf. because Meatloaf's like, if you want to be with Alice Cooper so damn much, I'm going to take you. To, yeah, to, right. To, she's, so like, he, in a way, to be rid of her. Yeah, yeah. He transports her across state lines, which we, is very important. for the uh, yes. purposes of sexual congress mm-hmm. with a rock star, which is a felony. Yeah, who's in his thirties at that point? By that point, probably, probably in his forties. Wait, Meatloaf? No, the, no, no. Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Oh, sorry. Yes, uh, Alice Cooper had been famous by uh, that point for a while. Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, they finally like they find Alice Cooper getting ready, and of course, then at an at a venue, at a in, venue on stage, yeah. And uh, and Alice Cooper like basically Milo's just like just take her, and uh, and again because he transported her across state lines, and he's now in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> the criminal justice system. The Chris- is, is <laughs> executive producer Dick Wolf. Hi. <laughs> uh, which also Dick Wolf being in charge of sexual crime TV show is hysterical. Like oh, yeah. Dick Wolf seems like uh, I don't know some sort of uh, <laughs> doula thing that you're like instead of birthing babies you fuck. Well, it sounds like a fucking uh, Meatloaf's character's name almost. It should be like my name's Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. And I'm like oh okay, a Wolf Dick. A Wolf Dick. <laughs> um, so he he takes her there and he leaves and basically where Alice Cooper says I want him. Uh, because he also knows of Travis Redfish because he's he heard is... the name. And now suddenly, I mean, uh, because of all of his exploits, he's hugely famous, I assume, in the roadie community. Yeah, they yeah. can't get good roadies, apparently. So, yeah. So this is he's a slap like... in the face to all roadies <laughs> that were working in this era. I'd love to see an interview on like the Blu-ray. Just like, you know, we tried our damnedest to be good roadies. And this movie just slaps <laughs> us in the right, right, right in the fucking face. OK, like, you know. Tina Turner did every show. <laughs> I bet she slapped some people. Oh, totally. I uh, mean, I definitely did. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Ike so, <laughs> <I>, Turner. <laughs> um, so, um, what happens? I, I'm well, sorry. He puts together, because the reason why he needs to help out is because they are uh, getting feedback uh, from their sound system. There's something wrong, and nobody yeah. can figure it out. And, yeah, and he's like, fix it. Just fix it. And he, and he realizes, as Meatloaf storms off, Walking yeah. through all these balloons that, you know, I guess Alice Cooper shows are famous for balloons. I don't know. I don't know. He uh, used to do a guillotine thing. Uh, you did see that for a hot so second. So Alice Cooper, uh, in the 70s, his next door neighbor was Groucho Marx. And he would every night. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, swear God, I swear to God. I swear to God. And so every night he would go over and watch TV with Groucho before he it's went like to bed. like how it is every single time. I know. I, you, I always bring it back to what I I'm You have into. a tattoo, don't you? I have it. Well, I don't have a Groucho, but I oh. want a Groucho. I have a chaplain tattoo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is all coming. It's very Full easy to circle. get those two confused. Uh, well, Excuse me. No. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah. Different mustaches. But so back in the day, Alice Cooper shows were like big theatrical events with yeah. the guillotine himself and all this stuff. And there is a picture. It's Groucho took Mae West and George Burns and Jack Benny to an Alice Cooper show. So they're all, like, in the box, watching Alice Cooper with all these drugged-out kids. And Groucho's like, that's my neighbor. Because <laughs> Groucho had had several strokes by this point, uh, which is maybe why he became friends with Alice Cooper. But, oh, you know, when I was young... <laughs> 
It was uh, something we called music. And it w- we called it music because it would be a band, and they would say words, and uh, the people would play instruments, you know? Hey, May, do you want to see my friend Alice Cooper? And then Mae West <laughs> is like, hey, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> How tall are you? Six foot seven, ma'am? Six foot seven? Let's forget. Oh, is it six foot, six feet, seven inches? Let's forget about the six feet and concentrate on the seven inches. Ew. Which is a joke of hers from a film. He's been waiting all day to say that. Uh, uh, I, I say that every day. There, I, I sense some, there's a lot of magic that I'm really appreciating in this podcast that you guys Dark have cultivated magic. over the years. And I can see it. It just it shimmers. It shimmers and There's bubbles. also a lot of contempt. <laughs> at the same time. I mean, that's how it works. You know, yeah. it's like a marriage. When you're uh-huh, friends with someone uh-huh. long enough and you work with them long enough. You hate them, but you can't imagine your life without oh. them. Well, Lola is now uh, watching the show. She's all She's now almost up. of age. It's been a long time. Well, yeah, she's dressed up like crazy. She's like in a... a I don't know if anyone in the audience knows this, but there's a, this madam character that was this uh, puppet. She's dressed just like that character. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't think it was on purpose. <clears throat> well, then... <clears throat> and Meatloaf is just leaving. He's going to go back to Texas because he basically just like, I just want to get back home. Also, his sister is getting married to his best oh, yeah. friend. Oh, and that whole thing is happening. Alice Cooper promised... If Travis, you help, if yeah. you help me, I'm going to give... I'll, he wants a bus ride, and he said, I'll give you a bus. And yeah, which he does. Yeah, Texas are bust, what it says on the side. And he's leaving, and of course, Lola chases after him, like, where are you going, Travis? And uh, I was like, I'm going back home. And uh, basically, he's not necessarily... Geez, yeah, she's dressed like fuck, that. She is dressed <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, she has a puppet likeness to her. She does. Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. And in, in, in that she <laughs> likes hands <laughs> inside the number. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. She's a virgin. <laughs> no, Thankfully. That's, that's worst. Uh, well, wait. No. Yes. No. Do hands yes. count? Do you lose your virginity? If it... Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the statute say on this? <laughs> I... Depends on what state you're in. Let me get the SVU noise mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Honor, it was just a hand. Uh, <laughs> so, I. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I slipped. My hands were covered in olive oil. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, an accident. <laughs> so he leaves, and oh, she. This is one of the dirtier episodes we've ever done. I'm so sorry, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. is not all of them are like this. I, I guess. <laughs> He's like, why? Why? Did he... Why? Why is this happening? <laughs> Wait, do you not listen to the show? <laughs> They're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> so they. Uh, he goes back home just in time for the wedding, right. and. Uh, uh, and it's a big party, and uh, they the the sister and the BB uh, get uh, married, and he's hammered. He's super hammered, and then uh, Meatloaf um, is driving. Uh, like it's after the wedding, and then he's just driving the bus around. Oh, he takes a phone call. Remember, okay. he takes a phone call in that little phone booth they have, and he said, "Daddy, can you give me some privacy?" And oh. Art Carney's overhearing. He's like, "Yeah, I'll be there." And so he got a phone call from somebody, and guess who it is. It's his underage virgin. <laughs> and uh, she has taken, I guess, a bus to somewhere in Texas to, to nearby. Minor Texas. Well, yeah. minors can't fly by themselves. <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree strongly. I mean, soon I flew soon all over the world. <laughs> Nothing, nothing dirty. I, I flew into my friend Roman Polanski's house. <laughs> so he picks her up. 
and they're uh, they're having a great time. They're driving around, and, and they're about to, to smooch. smooch. And that's the thing is, we mm-hmm. don't see them kiss or anything through the whole movie at all. Thank Which, Christ. thankfully, because she's an underage girl. Again, the actress is of age, but yes. it's still creepy. She's no Mila Jovovich uh, sure. from Cuffs, that episode of Cuffs. Uh, that's way back. That's before we were on the podcast network. Nobody right. knows about that. Oh, come on. Listen, that's our old, uh, our old theme song when we could use copyrighted music because we didn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but then they're about to kiss and all of a sudden a huge spotlight comes on the bus. Which, a light from the sky, basically. Yes. yes. And I will say we had a moment much earlier in the movie where uh, the best friend uh, is talking and Art Carney mentions, and when you showed up naked like to... Like, hey, you need to cover for my boy. And he's like, when you showed up naked after two weeks saying that you'd been abducted by a UFO, that little throwaway, yeah. that's bringing it back. This movie is so well written. It, yeah, it ties a- everything together. Sex crimes, rock music, <laughs> uh, fat people. <laughs> but yeah, so it ends with uh, Meatloaf looking directly at the camera because he's now being dragged into the... And this is the whole thing. The crux of it is... He's constantly, after he's found this woman that he's very into, or this child he's very into, he, she always wants to go on an adventure, and he just wants to stay home, and he's always saying yes to make her happy, mm. and she wants to, oh, I bet they know that, oh, it looks like there's, I have a premonition, and then the light happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I think they, they're in trouble, and they need help, and like, they need to get their spaceship fixed, and they know that you're the only one that can do it, because you're the best, and she runs out of the bus, and he's like, Directly to the camera. Is anyone's life as complicated as mine? And then he dies of COVID right there. <laughs> he has a dry cough and then he's dead. But yeah, but it's over. That brings us to uh, recycling. Okay, so we take elements of this movie and hopefully turn it into something better. Uh, Joseph, since it's your first time on the show, I'm going to put you on yeah. the spot. Do you have an idea to recycle this movie into a better movie? Like, what would you do? Oh gosh, um, that's funny. I've never. That's a really cool idea. I, I, one because the. I don't know. I'm. I haven't thought. No, that's fine. We've done it for a hundred plus episodes. Immediately, I think that the soundtrack on its own could be recycled into its own. Mm. You know, if you could just show the music scenes and just that slice of American music, especially in Austin and what Mm -hmm. it was 1980, but essentially we're talking about the 70s, which was that that golden time. That, to me, would be an obvious place to recycle just, mm-hmm. you know, the cameos from Roy Orbison playing Eyes of Texas and yeah, yeah. Blondie singing Ring of Fire. Wait, wait, I mean, would you change anything about the story? Um, so, because uh, that's, that's the other idea of it is, like, you can kind of take, you know, elements of it and you could do whatever the hell you want with it, like, make it mm-hmm. into something brand new. I would... You can go crazy. Cause, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've done some... Well, you know, okay. We, I think we... Because of the, con- you know, looking back on this movie now, the 16-year-old groupie <laughs> right. is the first thing I think we, this is a good opportunity to remove that part of the right. movie. You, you want her younger. You, you, <laughs> yeah. For more more dramatic drama, more tension. Right. If, <laughs> if she was like 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, you know, it'd be more, there'd be more tension between. Yeah, if she was Jodie Foster in um, oh my uh, Taxi oh Driver. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. It, it's funny. Like you could make this movie like a really solid movie if you just up her age two years. Everything and then I mean, just just technically wise. But like, it, why make her that young? Why make her a virgin? It's just like, that's what I wondered. Is it because like okay, so your professor 
had a, an end into the world of music. And it was kind of understood by, you know, the nineteen early 1980s. Yeah, yeah. That that's just how things operated. And what what I think is interesting is, like, we, we know this is still happening. Mm-hmm. But people don't advertise it. But it was so commonplace and open yeah. that it would appear in a movie. And yet... I think we were talking about earlier. Why didn't? Th- why is this movie not a cult classic? Is it? Yes. Is it not bad enough to be good? And sure. I think that maybe it's the maybe it's the underage thing that is just like it could. Maybe, Let's not yeah. touch this. I, I mean, because gr- it seems weird that it isn't a huge movie, just given the pedigree of all the artists that mm-hmm. appear in it. I mean, we got fucking Meatloaf and Debbie Harry and the rest of Blondie and Alice Cooper, Roy Orbison. Mm-hmm. They're all in a movie Hank together. Williams like, Jr. Yeah. I mean, I think. The, How is the, that not a thing? I think the reason why is because we when we were watching it, we were like, wait, when did Blues Brothers come out? And I think that's because that overshadowed it. And honestly, I think it's because of Meatloaf. I mean, Meatloaf is actually kind of good yeah. in it. And but the thing is, he doesn't hold a candle He's to no fucking John Belushi, John Belushi no. or Dan Aykroyd. But like, why isn't this a movie at least in Austin that is revered a little? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I've been to all. I mean, I used to work at Threadgills, and I've been to the little like cultural museum they have yeah. here and stuff, pop yeah. culture and all that. Yeah, yeah. And like, why is this not really featured? What about this movie is forgotten, and is it for a reason? Um. So yeah, I'm puzzled. I would love to talk to someone that has lived here for a long time, and yeah. if they've seen it, and if they have an opinion on it. Yeah. Luckily, we have us to talk about. <laughs> and uh, we're getting older. We... So, I mean, you know, uh, we now are closer to authorities on Austin than we were we a couple of years are. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be damned. Like, uh, cheese, it's going to be heartburn now. So, I mean, I'm close to an authority on anything <laughs> at this point because I'm at the age. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, right. What, what is your uh, recycling? Because you seemed excited. And I think I know where you're going because of the home that we see. Texas Chainsaw uh-huh. meets Roadie. Why don't we have these two movies just... Should Meatloaf be uh, Leatherface? No, I don't necessarily think he and should be just, Leatherface. He, he's on the road like... <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he's the best Roadie there is. <laughs> okay, so putting Leatherface and, oh, as Roadie... And, and him, okay. yeah, and if, if him and, and all his like little... Uh, Okay, patchwork things to get shows going is just human bones bones. and skin. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot better (laughs) than the idea I had. Ooh, I like that. So it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre mixed with Roadie and Cocktail and a bunch of movies of the era. Yeah. But the handsome... And Texas Chainsaw, or I mean, uh, uh, Leatherface is like falling in love with like, I don't know, his cousin. It doesn't fucking matter. And uh, it's a... Oh, it's... What he falls in love with is one of those fake mermaids... That they used to have in freak shows, where it's a chimp's upper body and then a fish's lower body. Oh God. That a uh, uh, P.T. Barnum it could used be, to drag around the country. And it he's could like, be uh, <laughs> you know, I've always loved you, Leatherface. <laughs> um, you had me at, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's my recycling. What I about you? I think my recycling. <laughs> All right. I like, like the idea of this being a musical still. Yeah, yes, I like that idea, yes. But let's turn it into like a, a jukebox musical. Okay. So some okay, so let's do some popular songs of the era. Which I mean it kinda was in a way. I mean with the, well, I mean, the bands the, are playing the well, songs. They're yeah. popular, but the only song that I recognized was Ring of Fire, the cover that Blondie did. Yeah. But like turn this into a more traditional jukebox musical and have the bands in it. 
that are very famous playing their own tunes. But also, I do fall in line with you where it's it's actually instead of Art Carney and, and all those people as his family, uh-huh. it literally is a musical of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But we're doing Whoa, part two. With the music in in Roadie. Yes. Yeah. I so, see that. yeah. So instead of, you know, Art Carney, we've got that uh, ghoul that's like the grandpa where they try to feed him blood and he can't, you know, like, you know, smash your head because he's too weak. And we have, um, and at this point, we could have a Jeffrey Dahmer cameo because he was not in prison yet. So this is his out. This is how he reveals all the, himself. All the cameos in the movie are just famous serial killers. Yes. Mm. So John Wayne Gacy. Oh, my God. And the girl is Meatloaf. I love that. Because that Leatherface that Leatherface is going to be like a cameo at the end because he's the big star. He's the Superman. Oh, okay. He's the Superman of the serial killer universe. Well, see, I was going to say Hannibal Lecter was the Alice Cooper. No, no. So no, okay. ooh, Alice Cooper, I think... Um, you know what? I think Alice Cooper... They wheel Co- him out? Uh, we could do that. Yeah, we, I mean, we could do anything. I mean, that's true. We could do anything we want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that, in fact... This should be a uh, movie uh-huh. that stars, uh, well, several Republican lawmakers I can think of off the top of my head. So it's, it's Leatherface is actually the guy that saves the day at the end. And so... Okay. I just burped into the mic. I'm sorry. At <laughs> <laughs> that point in the day. Uh-huh. But I want to say that, in fact, our lead should be... Ted Cruz? No, 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 baby. I mean, he's the son of the uh, Zodiac Sam? Killer. No. Uh, this movie is about Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Going across the country. Oh, here we go. And spreading his message. And so Donald Trump, are, are you are you're filming this? <laughs> Donald Trump is going around the country fucking underage girls. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And it's the story of Mariska Hargitay from SVU stopping him from doing so. I mean, so it's an episode of SVU where Uh the side that we don't see is a full rock musical. (laughs) And what we see is what's happening when he's not singing on stage. (laughs) Joseph's like... Are you going to finish this or not? (laughs) This is my, my mentor's... You know, one of his defining works, one of his, you know, of his opus. Yeah, so, well, I mean, he should have checked I, the age of the opus. Yeah. <laughs> but so it, basically what I'm thinking of, it's an episode of SVU where a sex crime happens uh-huh. with Donald Trump and an underage girl. That's a rock musical. But the only part that we see is a non-rock musical part. And it's just Mariska Hargitay and Ice-T. Uh in an hour and a half, uh-huh. maybe, yeah. uh, deciding like uh, they're they're uh, grilling him uh-huh. if he did the crime. Yeah, yeah. This is the worst recycling I've ever heard. Okay, he's oh, been that's... really into SVU for, for the last a... six months. My 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 oh. ex girlfriend started watching it, and I was like, "What?" And I started watching it, and I am addicted to it. Oh my god, help us! Oh, it's it's so bad, but it's good, and that's what I want. I want an ep- I would love an ep- an SVU episode where like. What we're not seeing on camera is actually a rock musical, but what we're seeing yeah, is like they show up after the yeah. The, so they're like the sweating show. a little, yeah. and they have like a towel, and they're wiping mm. themselves down <laughs> because they just done a, a rock song about how he was fucking an underage girl. So mm. hey, meet meet. We need to talk to you real quick. I'm like, 
Huh? Uh, yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry, I, my, my my voice is blown out. I just sang all song. <laughs> uh, so long. Uh, so long. Uh, but yeah, so that would be my thing. Yeah. So trash takeaway. <laughs> what did you learn from watching this movie? Oh, man. That you had a great teacher. <laughs> so much. I mean... I mean, I learned I, to ask Joseph is like, uh, give him a safe space. If he'd been molested, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to let him uh, know that he can tell us. And it's safe. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, you turn on the <laughs> microphone. I feel really safe right now. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. here. Yeah, uh, just speak into the microphone mm-hmm. that we have recording right now. <laughs> Were you molested by the guy who wrote this movie? <laughs> Who was your teacher? Are you his Lola? (laughs) Are you his Lola Falana? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, apparently not because he's laughing. And, uh, you know. (laughs) It's too much. Yeah. (laughs) Too much. I can't can't handle this. And I'm I'm so sorry to the guy that wrote this movie. (laughs) Shall I say, because Lola is 16. Yes. And And you were 17. I was 16 when I met Michael. When I was, but mm-hmm. you know, when you were groomed, by when him. he was a teacher, <laughs> of course not. We're, I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. Of he's, obviously, he's a human, a nice guy, and yeah, he has I'm, a life. I still visit him. We, we've, I've oh, kept I, well, him that decades, happens, you know, so. in prison or <laughs> That's, uh, like you know, uh, wait, the, the, the guy from the Mamas and the Papas <laughs> that fucked his daughter for thirty years, you know. <laughs> when I saw Gilbert Gottfried in person, he did a whole bit about that, you know, and he was like, you know what, he had sex with his daughter for thirty years. If I might buy my daughter a dollhouse, I at least want her to make out with me or something. I mean, like, uh, you know, I want her to know that dollhouse wasn't free. But all she'll do is hold my hand. Anyway, R.I.P. Gilbert. I thought I could tell Michael, like, you know, we did this podcast. No, you definitely can't. I, like, yeah, check it out. Renewed interest in your old film. and. Oh, it's, oh, wait, nude interest in his old film? Re- oh, my God. Nude. Look, here's the thing. We all kind of loved this movie. This wait, was so you've seen it before, strange. though, right? I saw it once, yeah, but it was only recently, and it was only, I was kind of, it was difficult to take What in. was your first impression? Uh, it was like, like a tour de force of just like, I didn't know quite what I'd seen, uh-huh. especially with the, it was like bewildering with the concussion and the underage. Right, that happens with trauma. Yeah, there, it was, it was, <laughs> there was a little trauma in there. Um, I, I just felt like I, how did I not know about this film? How is this film not more yeah. popular? And it just raised a lot of questions that maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe, you know, in the next couple of years, there'll be a cultural film fest about yeah. roadie. And, you'll, there'll be a documentary mm-hmm. about it and you'll get to be and uh, investigations. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's, it's, HBO. A, it's a finding Neverland oh situation. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, honestly, yeah, and on, hey, if you're listening, mm. uh, I, you know, obviously we were all kidding around and stuff just because the actress was, the character was underage, but, yeah, yeah. but really this movie was so much fun and I'm puzzled yeah. that it is not a cult classic. It's mm-hmm. puzzled, I'm puzzled by the fact that I've never heard of it until, you know, somebody brought it to me yeah, yeah. and I didn't just learn about it. And the fact that it has so many uh, performances yeah. by famous musicians and, and actors and stuff it's like it just it it's crazy and and our in it, like we were commenting that like Debbie Harry is not just like a you know in it just to, like, I a thought minute. she'd be just a blink of an eye cameo yeah. and she shows up and then uh, moves the plot forward yeah, yeah. which is shocking yeah and it's, because this is never because she became an actor like I knew her as a kid drum. first 
through. Uh, I have it right there. Oh, there you go. My video drive. But yeah. but I I knew her first uh, as a kid from the Tales from the Dark Side movie. Oh yeah. Remember she's got yeah, the yeah, kid yeah, locked yeah, up yeah, and she's yeah. gonna eat him and all. Like that's, yeah, that's how right. I knew her. And the fact that she has a real career, and this is not something that anyone ever mentions because she still has not acted in many things. Right, yeah. And the fact that this is never on the short list. <laughs> it's like, Tales from the Dark Side, and she was in Spin, and The Muppet Show is all I ever hear that she was in. Videodrome, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, whatever. Okay. But yeah, but but that's that's weird to me. So, so I learned that like you can have all the elements of a cult film. And we've done many of them. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are part and parcel of the mm-hmm. entire yeah. culture. But you can do it, and if it's not at the exact right moment, it doesn't exist, basically. Which is which is shocking. Yeah, I, I think it's it really a lot of this does have to do with Blues Brothers. That like because yeah. it's not not the same movie by any stretch of the imagination. But the they're the, neighbors. The, they're definitely neighbors, and um, like. The, the traveling throughout America and all that kind of shit and then like you know not necessarily getting the band back together but it's it has a lot of the same elements and I think because of how famous and big the John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd were they're like well how is this not going to be a hit and this sure. one Meatloaf I mean yeah you know of Meatloaf but he's not like I want to see the new Meatloaf movie like I don't think I, that was a thing I think that uh, what you're talking about is the difference between the, the nationwide appeal of uh, yeah. Chicago which you know in the 80s and beyond with SNL and the yeah whatever the second city right like right. stole the hearts of, of the country right and, and it just but even railroaded Blues Brothers was a bomb yeah like it was not a hit but so it, you can imagine that something imitating that would be less yeah. of a hit. But I think it's there. There is a there is an element of the southern movie productions, which goes yeah. back to what D.W. Griffith and like Birth oh of a right, Nation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's like there's always been these two tiers and these kind of different kind of parallel cultures. Well, interesting that, you mentioned that because this is a United Artists release, which and is, UA was. Uh, Chaplin and uh, D.W. Oh. Griffith and um, oh, oh wow yeah so it, it was it was their group because they decided that the studios that existed in the silent era were dominating them so huh. they made their own studio and it's interesting to watch the trajectory be, with that because they were the only people making movies they wanted to make in the yeah. studio system MGM Fox Warner Brothers took effect in uh, into the talkies. And so to see this as a movie that's kind of like against the grain yeah. as a United Artist uh, release mm-hmm. is crazy. It's Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks, Chaplin, and D.W. Griffith. Wow. Yeah, so it, it does... I, I, I can't explain where... It, I'm only somewhat aware of this weird cultural blinders that we put on to certain productions. Sure, and, it's, yeah. and it's like the Southern stuff, which plays well in the South, is like this isn't for... This is for them and not for the the nationwide, like the Blues It's brothers. the way that we do it right now. Uh, corporations make movies for China and other, <laughs> I mean, other corporate, I mean, other countries. Yeah. Like, we can't have a gay thing. We can't have this or that. And we're doing it on a larger scale where we've always, as a culture, unfortunately, you know, always towed the line with companies and, and whatever. Where, where yeah. Culturally, it's like, but well, we can't have black people in this movie, so it only be, will be released in the South or this or that. Mm-hmm. But and we can't have 16-year-olds getting I, fucked. That's the thing. is That's fucked up is since movies started until today, you can basically have an underage person in a situation they shouldn't be in, yeah. but you can't have someone of a different race. And so this movie, having a Southern pedigree, you, yeah. does you mispronounce have, pedophile. 
a southern pedophile. I say, I say, I love a young woman. I say, I say. <laughs> Jefferson Davis is a pedophile piece of shit. Okay. You're the president of the Confederacy. I know, I know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I learned that, um, man, thank Christ for braces. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, but um, would you... Not rec- everybody can afford braces, right? I didn't need them. Yeah, and your teeth look like chiclets. What? No. No, it's fine. Go on. Um, would you guys recommend this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. I Fuck think yes. people, oh, yeah. people I, I know in Austin should know of this movie and it's, see This it. is like an Austin movie. That's what's yeah. so weird is like you think of like a slacker and yeah. whatever. And uh, oh, and Days, Days and Confused. Confused. Yeah, and, well, uh, uh, waiting for Guffman. And Waiting for Guffman. It's just yeah. outside, you know, yeah. just outside and of Austin. This, this is like the, the first third of this movie is in Austin. And it's such a great time capsule of all of that. Mm-hmm. And. It's it's a real it's kind of a travesty. This movie's not more well known, and hopefully we'll do that. They got the trash bump. Get the trash yeah. bump. But uh, you should tell. Uh, <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I say before I climb on top of somebody. <laughs> You're having a trash <laughs> bump. You should tell uh, Michael Ventura. You should uh, talk to him about the show. And now, don't, don't let him listen to it. Yeah, don't pay attention to all the underage jokes because you know he should know better. And well, I mean, uh, <laughs> at least the at least the uh, the jokes will age well. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, so Joseph, uh, before we wrap, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to promote? Which I assume not, because what we've just done. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anything you want our listeners to look out for you? I mean, obviously you're a journalist, writer, etc. Oh, personally? Yeah, yeah personally. I uh, mean, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I should say, oh, I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> Professionally, or if yeah. there's anything personal. Professionally. Professionally. I mean, I'm Carol Channing tonight. I've been um, doing newscasts for a long time for the NPR World Public Radio. Right, and that's and over. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Yet, but it will be. It could be. And I mean, this, you've got two weeks before this <laughs> airs. So uh, save your money, uh, sell off some furniture. You know. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna wait to see how this lands first sure. before yeah. before I make any major decisions about where yeah. I'm. You'll be go reporting next. on yourself. If, here yeah. if you need any shots, do them now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> what was that? Charles Nelson Riley <laughs> on his uh, way down like a roller coaster. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for finally doing this. This has been a, yeah, finally in the, wor- yeah, Jesus. in the works for a while, and this has been a fucking blast. Absolutely, I'm yeah. I am so pleased to get a chance to be on the show, and maybe I could do it again if you have. Yeah, I mean, before you uh, you go off to Italy, you know, where yeah. the moon hits your eye, uh, pizza pie, etc. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a uh, Amori. Uh, yeah, more eel. More eel. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Again, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know, if you have any problems, complaints, send them to Joseph directly. What? Oh uh, me? Oh oh, sorry. No, no, no. Joseph Sulek. Oh uh, goddammit. No, because we already know your complaints. So, <laughs> you know. When the sun goes down, my clothes start looking fine. Intro song Too Easy and outro song Charlotte's Web, both provided by the wonderful White Ghost Shivers. Please follow them on all social media outlets, as well as find their music wherever great music is sold.